It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. The less your business spends, the more margin you keep. But today, everything costs more. So smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one proven platform, helping you reduce IT costs, maintenance costs, and manual errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move to NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash earnings right now. NetSuite.com slash earnings. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Live from the Bloomberg Interactive Brokers Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak for Monday, June 6, 2022. Coming up this hour. Stocks rise around the world as we begin a new trading week. Oil gains as Saudi Arabia raises prices in Asia more than expected. President Biden takes executive action to boost the U.S. solar industry. And U.K. Prime Minister Boris Johnson faces a key leadership vote. It was a deadly weekend of shootings as U.S. senators work on gun reform. Plus, primary elections take place in seven states tomorrow, including New Jersey. I'm Michael Barr. More ahead. I'm John Stashow in sports. A late goal lifted Tampa Bay over the Rangers. The Warriors beat the Celtics. Wins for the Mets and Yankees. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak. On Bloomberg 1130 New York. Bloomberg 991 Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 1061 Boston. Bloomberg 960 San Francisco. Sirius XM 119. And around the world on BloombergRadio.com and via the Bloomberg Business App. Good morning. I'm Karen Moscow. I'm Nathan Hager. Bloomberg Daybreak is brought to you by BNY Mellon Pershing's Insight Conference back in person June 15th through the 17th at the Gaylord Resort in Grapevine, Texas. Don't miss it. Register now at insight.bnymellon.com. And futures this morning on the rise, 601 on Wall Street. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P futures up 40 points, Dow futures up 252, and NASDAQ futures up 161. The DAX in Germany is up nine-tenths of a percent. The 10-year Treasury is down 7.30 seconds. The yield is at 2.96%, and the yield on the two-year, 2.68%. Nathan. Well, Karen, we are seeing this lift in markets as we begin a new trading week and helping to boost sentiment in Asia. Beijing reopening further from COVID restrictions. Let's get the recap from Bloomberg's Juliet Sally in Singapore. Good morning, Juliet. Good morning, Nathan and Karen. Japanese equities erased earlier losses and tech shares rose in Hong Kong following the long weekend. This after a gauge of Chinese companies traded in the U.S. had risen 2% over the two trading sessions that Hong Kong had been closed. Stocks in mainland China advanced as Beijing eased back COVID-19 restrictions, also lifting the onshore yuan. Australian stocks fell bucking the trend ahead of an expected second Second consecutive interest rate increase Tuesday, while Swiss bank UBS said buying the Aussie dollar is a phenomenal trade. In Singapore, Juliet Sali, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Juliet, thank you. Well, oil also on the rise this morning, approaching $120 a barrel. Saudi Arabia is signaling confidence and demand for oil. The kingdom raised prices more than expected for Asian customers. We get more from Bloomberg Markets Live editor Heather Burke. Saudi Arabia is signaled confidence with the demand um, with this bigger than expected price increase of its crude for Asia. And overall, we're seeing 
improving demand picture. Um, we're heading into peak summer driving season. And also in China, which is the top crude buyer, they, um, they continue to ease COVID restrictions, which should also help the demand side of oil. And Bloomberg Markets Live editor Heather Berg says oil has rallied almost 60 percent this year. Checking prices right now, NYMEX screwed oil up eight tenths percent or 91 cents at $119.80 a barrel. And Brent is up eight tenths percent at $120.73. Well, rising oil prices have certainly been a major factor in inflation increases, Karen. And now President Biden's commerce chief, Gina Raimondo, says it may make sense to lift tariffs on some imported products to help ease higher prices. Steel and aluminum, we've decided to keep some of those tariffs because we need to protect American workers and we need to protect our our steel industry. That's a matter of national security. There are other products, uh, you know, household goods, bicycles, etc., and it may make sense. Commerce Secretary Gina Raimondo made the comments on CNN over the weekend. Well, Wall Street bracing for a key report on inflation, Nathan. We get the story from Bloomberg's Vinnie Del Judice. The Labor Department will issue May's Consumer Price Index on Friday. Economists say the year-over-year inflation rate will continue near historic levels, topping 8%. A major driver in May, record petroleum costs, in addition to the sustained run-up in other household staples. Also on this week's data agenda, University of Michigan figures on consumer sentiment. Sentiment has been running low as the cost of living runs high. Vinny Dell, Judice Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Vinny, thank you. As the Fed remains focused on fighting inflation, we are getting word from Goldman Sachs that the U.S. economy remains on a narrow path to a soft landing. Let's get more on that live from Bloomberg's Renita Young. Good morning, Renita. Good morning, Nathan. Goldman says improving inflation numbers and other factors suggest that the Fed may be able to pull off its aggressive rate hike plan without tipping the country into a recession. Goldman economists say sequential core inflation appears to be slowing and pressures on the supply chain are improving, even as signs of softening in the job market emerges. Now, the economists say while the deterioration and indicators like the first quarter's GDP contraction suggest near-term recession risks has increased. Other measures show output is expanding. Live in New York, I'm Renita Young, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Renita, thank you. At least a half a dozen central banks are expected to raise interest rates this week. Meanwhile, the European Central Bank is predicting to finally join the global tightening bandwagon with policymakers on Thursday, expected to announce an end to bond purchases and formally begin the countdown to an increase in borrowing costs in July. While staying in Europe, Karen, the future of Boris Johnson is in focus as he faces a leadership vote in his ruling Conservative Party. Let's go to London and get the very latest with Bloomberg's Ewan Potts. Good morning, Ewan. Good morning, Nathan. Nathan and Karen, after months of speculation at 8 a.m. outside the British Houses of Parliament, it was announced that the Prime Minister is to face a vote of confidence in his leadership. This after more than 15% of lawmakers from Boris Johnson's own Conservative Party called for the vote. The PM's been under fire for a series of illegal gatherings at Downing Street during the COVID lockdowns. The vote on Johnson's future will conclude at 8 p.m. London time, and he needs the support of at least half of lawmakers to keep his position. In London, I'm Ewan Potts, Bloomberg Daybreak. Thank you. Back here in the U.S., President Biden will take executive action to boost the U.S. solar industry. Bloomberg's Amy Morris has details from our 991 newsroom in Washington. Sources tell Bloomberg News the president plans to invoke the Defense Production Act to provide support for U.S.-made solar panels while announcing a two-year halt on new solar tariffs. Now, that would allow domestic developers to use the foreign equipment while U.S. manufacturing ramps up. The White House is also set to use the federal government's purchasing power to help support American clean energy manufacturers. The announcement could come as early as today. 
In Washington, I'm Amy Morris, Bloomberg Daybreak. Okay, Amy, thank you. And Starbucks is looking at external candidates only for its next CEO. That's according to Interim Chief Howard Schultz, who tells the Wall Street Journal the coffee chain needs to add new talent and skills to its leadership ranks. Schultz is in his third stint running Starbucks. He says he is not a candidate for the full-time job. And you're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. It's now 6.07 on Wall Street, 64 degrees in Central Park, and we've got a crash on the outbound upper level of the George Washington Bridge. Details coming up in traffic. First, Michael Barr with more on what's going on in New York and around the world. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Nathan. A deadly weekend of shootings in the U.S. and several states left about a dozen people dead. In Philadelphia, three people were killed and 11 wounded in a shooting. Philadelphia Police Commissioner Daniel Outlaw says they are looking for the shooter who fled on foot. We're working with our local, state, and federal partners to make sure that no lead is lost and that no stone remains unturned. Commissioner Outlaw says authorities are offering a $20,000 reward for information leading to the arrest of the shooter. A shooting near a Chattanooga nightclub left three dead. Police say 14 were shot and three others were hit by vehicles. Chattanooga Mayor Tim Kelly. I've been an avid hunter and a marksman all my life. And I want to say clearly, I fully fully support, rather, uh, responsible gun ownership. But Congress needs to do their jobs and pass common sense regulations that will help stop this nonsense. Mayor Kelly implored parents to keep track of their children, especially if they suspect they carry guns. Meanwhile, a bipartisan group of U.S. senators say gun talks are inching forward, though a deal is far from assured. Officials fear more than 50 people were killed in southwestern Nigeria when gunmen burst into a Catholic church during mass, opening fire and detonating explosives. Primary elections in New Jersey and six other states take place tomorrow. It will set the stage for U.S. House and Senate battles this fall that will play into control of Congress. In New Jersey's GOP primary, Tom Malinowski won by fewer than two percentage points in 2020, and his district has become slightly more Republican since new congressional district lines were set last year. I'll see your eight and match it. The U.S. and South Korea launched eight missiles into the Sea of Japan today in response to North Korea. Yesterday, the North test fired eight missiles as well into the sea. The South's military says it wanted to demonstrate the Allies' immediate precision strike capabilities and readiness to use them. Alec John Such, the bassist and founding member of the iconic rock band Bon Jovi, has died he was the New Jersey rock band's bassist from 1983 to 1994. Alec John Such was 70. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg. Nathan. Thanks, Michael. 6.09 on Wall Street. Time for the Bloomberg Sports Update with John Stashow. Thanks, Nathan. Rangers fans probably did not realistically expect that series sweep of Tampa Bay. Although it likely entered their minds when the Rangers scored two power play goals in the second period. They led game 3-2-0, but the Lightning came back. A couple of power play goals of their own. And then in the final minute, the first and only five-on-five goal of the game. Shoot save made by Shesterkin. Rebound to Chernak right point. Left point headman. Across his feet. Pull FLA in Tampa. The goal came in only 42 seconds remaining. The Lightning won 3-2, and the Rangers now lead the series 2-1. Game four tomorrow. Game two of the NBA Finals. Warriors dominated the third quarter. That was the difference. They beat the Celtics 107-88 to tie the series at one. Quinn Snyder resigned after eight years as the coach 
of the Utah Jazz. Mets in L.A. trailed early, then scored three runs in the eighth inning. They were one out from victory in the bottom of the ninth. When the Dodgers tied the game, Mets still won 5-4-10, and and they gained a split of the four-game set after they dropped the first two. They played tonight in San Diego. Yankees are off. They, like the Mets, also won 5-4 in 10 innings after Detroit tied the game in the eighth. A Josh Donaldson sack fly in the tenth. And the Yanks sweep the sixth-game homestand a third of the way through the season. The Yankees are 39-15. and It's the best record any MLB team has had at this point in the last 21 years. Making 14 French Open titles for Rafael Nadal, 22 Grand Slams. That's two more than Roger Federer and Novak Djokovic. Billy Orschel won the Memorial Golf in Ohio by four shots. John Stashower, Bloomberg Sports. Nathan? Okay, John, thank you. Right now, S&P futures are up 42 points. Dow futures up 267. NASDAQ futures higher by 169 points. And the 10-year Treasury is down 730 seconds. The yield just shy of 2.96%. More insights on this market as we get set for the new trading week. Michael Hewson, Chief Market Analyst at CMC Markets, joins us next. This is Bloomberg. And Bloomberg Daybreak is brought to you by the Jewish Communal Fund. JCF's donor-advised fund is the smart choice to manage your philanthropy, especially in times of crisis. Make your giving impactful. Visit jcfny.org. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business App, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. Stocks in Europe are gaining along with U.S. stock index futures as Beijing's latest move to ease COVID restrictions injects a note of optimism into markets rattled by inflation and rate hike concerns. Treasuries and dollar slipping. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. Right now, S&P futures have 42 points. Dow futures have 263 and NASDAQ futures have 169. The DAX in Germany is up 1%. Ten-year Treasury down 630 seconds. Yield 2.95%. The yield on the two-year, 2.68%. NYMEX crude oil is up half percent or 64 cents at $119.52 a barrel. Comex Gold up a third of a percent or six dollars fifty cents at eighteen fifty six seventy an ounce. The euro one point oh seven four four against the dollar. British pound one point two five five eight and the yen one thirty point six eight. Bitcoin this morning is up four point nine percent at thirty one thousand three hundred eighty eight dollars. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael. Karen, thank you very much. Boris Johnson could be ousted as Britain's prime minister. He's facing a no-confidence vote in his conservative party after he had rule-breaking parties during the COVID lockdown. Lawmakers in Washington say they're more hopeful than ever that bipartisan negotiations on gun reform will finally get somewhere. Meanwhile, there were several mass shootings over the weekend. The Warriors even the NBA Finals at a game apiece after beating the Celtics. In Game 3 of the NHL East Final, the Rangers lost to the Lightning 3-2. In baseball, the Yankees and Mets won. The Red Sox beat the A's. The Orioles lost. The Nationals and Giants won. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg Nathan. Okay, Michael. Thank you. It is 619 on Wall Street, live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. And just want to pass along this red headline that just crossed the Bloomberg terminal moments ago. India in talks to increase Russian oil imports from Rosneft 
take a look at how that could impact the crude market with uh, West Texas Intermediate right now up a half percent or $119.48 a barrel. I'm word that Saudi Arabia uh, could be ready to increase production. We'll be following that for you throughout the morning here on Bloomberg Daybreak. In the meantime, Michael Hewson is with us this morning, Chief Market Analyst at CMC Markets, as we take a look at a uh, risk on start to the week. Michael, good morning. Uh, Karen mentioned the uh, boost in sentiment from China lifting some COVID restrictions. Could this be the start of something good for the equity market, or is this a bear market rally? I, I still think this is potentially a bear market rally. I think nothing at the moment has convinced me otherwise. I think the picture will become slightly clearer, certainly in the context of whether or not inflation has peaked. And I think that is probably the overarching narrative at the moment. It's not so much whether or not China is starting to unlock. We knew that anyway. Um, Shanghai easing restrictions from the 1st of June. Uh, Beijing starting to do the same thing. I think the biggest concern, I think, as regards the Chinese economy is concerned, is whether or not we get a V-shaped rebound there. And I'm not convinced that we can, given the low vaccination rates of the Chinese population and the fact that China is still insisting on its zero COVID policy. So the bigger question is this week's US CPI. Have we hit peak inflation or are we plateauing? And obviously what the ECB's intentions are going forward. So I think we're in a little bit of no man's land uncertainty over the course of the next two weeks. Because no sooner do we get the ECB out of the way. And obviously we've got the Federal Reserve coming up next week as well. Right. So what's your read on whether we could be at peak inflation at this point? What's your expectation heading into that CPI print coming on Friday? If I look at the bond market and I look at 10-year yields, then certainly I think there is a perception on the part of bond markets that we have. Because if you look at the price action and you look at the fairly subdued reaction that we saw to Friday's payrolls data, I think as long as the 10-year yield stays below 3%, then I certainly think there is – a ability by markets to push the S&P higher. If we can get back above 4,200 and bond yields soften, then I think there's, there's potentially good traction for further gains. But, you know, let's not, let's not get too over enthusiastic about this. Um, we are still in a downtrend. We have been in a downtrend since, um, the end of last year. We can go back as far as 4,400 and still, for me, be in a bear market rally. So I think there is potential for further upside, but I think an awful lot will depend on whether or not the Fed goes 50 basis points in September, which is, I think, what markets are concerned about at the moment in the aftermath of, obviously, a June and July 50 basis points rate move. And I think the picture will become much clearer, Jackson Hole. And we do have uh, the S&P right now at uh, 4108 after uh, the Friday close. Uh, Michael, we have just about a minute left here. Uh, what is your feel on whether the Fed is going to continue with aggressive rate hikes? It does seem as though the market's priced in 50 basis point moves this month and next. What uh, should markets be looking for when it comes to gaming out whether we could see even more uh, aggressive rate tightening in the uh, months to come? Well, I think if we look at PCE, that has been on the downward track since March. I think if this week's CPI number comes in below 8.3% or the core prices come in significantly lower, then we could see start price, we could start to see pricing come out 
of that 50 basis point move that markets are already starting to price in. So I think the next few weeks, the next couple of weeks are going to be crucial. Softening in CPI this week and then see what the Fed says with respect to its dot plot and obviously its forward guidance going forward next week. Now, very important Fed meeting coming up next week, and at least a half dozen central banks expected to uh, join the rate hiking party this week alone. Uh, Michael Hewson, Chief Market Analyst, CMC Markets, as always, uh, great to get your thoughts as we get ready for another trading week ahead of all that central bank action this week and next. Looking ahead to the market open, we do have futures moving higher with S&P futures up 43 points or uh, 1.1%. Dow futures are up 260. 66 points and Nasdaq futures are leading the gains this morning up 174 points. That's a gain of 1.4%. DAX in Germany up 1%. The CAC in Paris up 1.1%. The FTSE in London up 1.3% ahead of that confidence vote for UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson later today. Ten-year Treasury is down 6.30 seconds. The yield 2.95% and the yield on the two-year 2.67%. Just ahead, the Biden administration opens the door to lifting some tariffs and Goldman Sachs sees a narrow path to a soft landing. Five things you need to know to start your day coming up on Bloomberg Daybreak. And Bloomberg Daybreak is brought to you by Hofstra University's Frank G. Zarb School of Business. Top-ranked online MBA program with a real-world foundation. Learn more at hofstra.edu slash go grad. Broadcasting live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studio in New York. Bloomberg 1130 to Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 991 to Boston. Bloomberg 1061 to San Francisco. Bloomberg 960 to the country. Sirius XM Channel 119. And around the globe, the Bloomberg Business App and BloombergRadio.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. It's 6.30 on Wall Street. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. We're just about three hours away from the open of U.S. trading. Time for the five things you need to know to start your day. Brought to you by IBKR. Investment advisors switch to interactive brokers for lowest-cost global trading and turnkey custody solutions. No ticket charges and no conflicts of your interests at IBKR.com slash RIA. Up first, we're seeing a lift in markets to begin a new trading week with a boost from Asia. Beijing is reopening further from its COVID restrictions, raising stocks in China. Japanese equities erased earlier losses and tech shares rose in Hong Kong. Now, also on the rise this morning, oil, Karen, hovering above around $120 a barrel. This comes as Saudi Arabia signals confidence in demand for oil. The kingdom raised prices more than expected for Asian customers. Checking prices now, NYMEX crudes up 7 tenths percent or 82 cents at $119.69 a barrel. Brent is up 7 tenths percent at $120.53. And turning to Washington now, Nathan, President Biden's Commerce Chief Gina Raimondo says the administration is not willing to lift all tariffs on imported steel and aluminum right now. We've decided to keep some of those tariffs because we need to protect American workers and we need to protect our steel industry. That's a matter of national security. Commerce Secretary Gina Raimondo told CNN over the weekend that lifting tariffs on other household goods may make sense to help ease rising prices. As the Fed aims to ease price hikes, Karen Goldman Sachs says the U.S. economy remains on a narrow path to a soft landing. Let's get more on that live from Bloomberg's Renita Young. Good morning, Renita. Good morning, Nathan. Goldman says improving inflation 
numbers and other factors suggest that the Fed may be able to pull off its aggressive rate hike plan without tipping the country into a recession. Economists there say sequential core inflation appears to be slowing and supply chain pressures are improving. Now, Goldman says while the deterioration in indicators like the first quarter GDP suggests near-term recession risk has increased, other measures show output is still expanding. Live in New York, I'm Renita Young, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Renita, thank you. At least a half a dozen central banks are expected to raise interest rates this week, and the European Central Bank is expected to announce an end to bond purchases and formally begin the countdown to an increase in borrowing costs in July. And staying in Europe, Karen Boris Johnson will face a leadership vote in his ruling Conservative Party that could remove him from office. And that's the five things you need to know to start your day, brought to you by Interactive Brokers. Futures higher. S&P futures have 44 points. Dow futures have 200. 166, NASDAQ futures up 182. Straight ahead, your top local headlines. This is Bloomberg. Thanks, Karen. 633 on Wall Street, 64 degrees in Central Park. Looking at hour-long delays on the inbound upper level of the George Washington Bridge with an accident there. Details coming up in traffic. First, Michael Barr with what else is going on in New York and around the world. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Nathan. It has been a weekend of shootings in several states that have left about a dozen people dead. One shooting in Philadelphia left three dead and another 11 injured. Philadelphia Police Commissioner Danielle Outlaw. These incidents have an exponential effect on our community. And it not only impacts the individual that's been directly victimized, but it victimizes their loved ones, their families, and their neighbors, neighborhoods all over the world. Commissioner Outlaw says a fight between two males led to the shootings. The suspect fled on foot. In Chattanooga, three people are dead after a shootout near a nightclub. Meanwhile, there are some reports that U.S. senators are inching towards some kind of compromise and movement on gun safety. Bloomberg's Ed Baxter reports. A bipartisan group is working, and Republican Pat Toomey says background checks are on the table. At least for commercial sales of firearms, there ought to be a background check. So sales at gun shows, sales that are advertised over the Internet. Toomey has been working with Democrat Joe Manchin for years on this, and Toomey on CBS has heard here on Bloomberg says the outcome of these talks is still uncertain. We are still um, trying to figure out exactly what mechanism is going to uh, enable us to get the votes that we would need. But he says closer this time in San Francisco. I'm Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Daybreak. Primary elections in New Jersey and six other states tomorrow will set the stage for U.S. House and Senate battles this fall. The New Jersey GOP primary has Tom Malinowski. He won it by fewer than two percentage points in 2020, and his district has become slightly more Republican since new congressional district lines were set last year. After North Korea test-fired eight short-range ballistic missiles Sunday, the U.S. launched a joint exercise with South Korea and Japan to demonstrate their ability to quickly respond. Today, the U.S. military conducted what it called a ballistic missile defense exercise, also firing eight missiles into the Sea of Japan. Four days of U.K. celebrations came to an end in London last night, commemorating the Queen's 70 years on the throne. In a surprise, Queen Elizabeth stepped out on the palace balcony to the cheers of the crowd. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg, Nathan. Michael, thanks. 
almost 6.36 on Wall Street. John Stashauer has the Bloomberg Sports Update. Bags, Nathan Rangers went down to Tampa, having won their last four playoff games, six of the last seven. They had a lead in game three. Yet another power play goal for Mika Zibanejad. And shortly after that, Chris Kreider with a man advantage, putting the rebound of a Zibanejad shot. But Tampa Bay got power play goals from Nikita Kucherov, second period. Steven Stamkos in the third. The Lightning dominated the third period. Big edge and shots on goal. And they won 3-2 on an Andre Palat goal off a nifty pass from Kucherov with only 42 seconds remaining. Rangers still lead the series 2-1. Game four tomorrow. NBA Finals now tied at one. Golden State beat Boston 107 to 88. Outscored the Celtics in the third quarter, 35 to 14. Yankees going for a sweep of the homestand. A back and forth game with the Tigers tied 4-4, 10th inning. The swung on there goes deep left field. That's going to win the game. Harold Castro back and he made the catch on the warning track, tagging his judge. He scores. Ball game over. Yankees win. WFAN, they've been doing a lot of that. A Yankee record of 39-15, and 15, a third of the way through the season. That's the best in baseball at this point since 2001. Mets also won 5-4. That was also in 10 innings after the Dodgers tied the game with two in the ninth on Seth Lugo. Uh, J.D. Davis double in the tenth. Mets get a split of the four-game series in L.A., and now they move down to San Diego. When Pete Sampras retired from tennis not that long ago, he had the record for most Grand Slams won. He's now fourth with 14, and Rafael Nadal has won 14 French Opens, 22 slams. It was straight sets of the final in Paris. John Stashauer, Bloomberg Sports. All right, John, thank you. It is 637 on Wall Street. Time now to take a look at stocks, some of the names moving in the pre-market. Bloomberg Radio and TV Markets correspondent Kriti Gupta is with us this morning. And Kriti, what would the pre-market be without taking a look at Tesla? Um, not very exciting, apparently, or not really a normal morning, I should say. Nevertheless, uh, we are shielded from that possibility. Tesla shares, of course, up 3.6%. TSLA is your ticker. It's all about Elon Musk. Surprise, surprise. Remember, uh, on Friday, he did talk about perhaps having a super bad feeling about the economy. Uh, Reuters reporting that there's an internal email in which he said that he is going to perhaps cut Tesla's task force by about 10%. Uh, so a huge number in addition to his, quote, super bad feeling about the economy. Of course, we heard that similar sentiment from Jamie Dimon as well. That being said, over the weekend, he did actually say, well, salaried workers um, – would actually potentially uh, hold or their their jobs in terms of uh, their pay would it be flat. They would also perhaps increase headcount. So some mixed messages coming out of Tesla here in terms of what to actually expect. And remember, in some ways, Tesla can be this macro bellwether. It can be this idea that uh, this is kind of the EV transition. This is a, a company that has a lot of exposure, not just uh, to the United States naturally, but to China, to Berlin as well. So what happens with Tesla and its production numbers can actually be somewhat of a bellwether for COVID lockdowns or global growth as a whole. But also keep in mind, Nathan, it's a heavyweight in both the S&P 500 and the Nasdaq. So what happens with Tesla can actually affect the entire benchmark, even if you're not actively investing in the specific stock itself. Nevertheless, this morning, uh, simply that mixed messages, a little bit of a rebound coming from uh, one of its worst days, and I think about a year on Friday, TSLA, those shares are back up uh, just shy of 4%. Of course, another big heavyweight in the indexes is Amazon. They just had that big stock split. What's Amazon doing right now? Well, Amazon shares are up, and this is no surprise here as we talk about uh, you know stock splits broadly. You saw this with Apple shares as well. Uh, Amazon, though, not up as much as you would think, only up six-tenths of 1%, but still higher on the day. AMZN is your ticker. And remember, you need tech on your side to see a little bit of a rebound. So to see Tesla up, to see Amazon up right off the bat, you've got two of the big tech heavyweights up, which could actually explain why perhaps you're seeing 
uh, futures come back up already in pre-market trading. Another one to really keep in mind here, and I know we're only talking about American tech, but we should talk about Chinese tech as well. Didi Global soaring after a report that Chinese regulators are about to conclude a probe into the company and restore its apps to mobile stores as soon as this week. Of course, we know Didi has had quite the wild ride in terms of delisting, in terms of uh, kind of stakes taken by the Chinese government, those shares up 53% in the pre-market, Nathan. Whoa, big jump there. Yeah. Bloomberg Radio TV Markets correspondent Kriti Gupta. As always, thanks for keeping on top of what's happening under the hood in the pre-market. And as we take a look at stocks as a whole, we do have futures moving higher with S&P futures up 43 points, Dow futures up 259, NASDAQ futures up 182 points, and the 10-year Treasury yield 2.95%. Stay with us. You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. Bloomberg 1130 weather starting the week with sunshine and a high near 80 degrees today. Upper 70s, partly sunny tomorrow. Showers and storms likely Wednesday with highs back in the upper 70s. Currently 64 in Central Park. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business app, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow, and futures are higher this morning. We go to the first word, breaking news desk for today's morning call, and here's Bill Maloney. Bill, good morning. And good morning, Karen. That's right. U.S. futures are in the green, helped by Beijing further easing COVID restrictions. Dow futures currently up 253 points. S&P's gained 44, while the Nasdaq futures are up by 187. The U.S. 10-year yield at 2.95%. Gold is up three oil trading higher. And Bitcoin is climbing by 4.9%. Hong Kong rose 2.7% overnight, while European markets are also in the green this morning. Back in the U.S., nothing to report on the economic front. And in other news, Didi is up 53% pre-market on a Wall Street Journal report that China will conclude its probe. Also, Amazon trade split adjusted today. Wrapping things up, Lululemon was raised to market perform at Bernstein. CrowdStrike raised to overweight at Morgan Stanley. And Spotify was raised to outperform over at Raymond James. Live from the First of Breaking News Desk, I'm Bill Maloney. Karen? All right, Bill, thank you. And to hear live breaking news over your Bloomberg type, squawk on your terminal, S-Q-U-A-W-K. And that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael. Karen, thank you very much. A possible turning point on gun control after a weekend of mass shootings. U.S. lawmakers say they're more hopeful than ever that bipartisan negotiations will finally get somewhere. Boris Johnson could be ousted tonight as Britain's Prime Minister. He is facing a no-confidence vote in his conservative party after revelations he broke COVID lockdown rules. The Warriors even the NBA Finals at a game apiece after beating the Celtics. Game three of the NHL East Final, the Rangers lost to the Lightning 3-2. In baseball, the Yankees and Mets won. The Red Sox beat the A's. The Orioles lost. The National and Giants won. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg. The following commentary is from Bloomberg Opinion. Ted Cruz's anti-gun elites aren't hiding behind walls and gates. I'm Justin Fox, a columnist for Bloomberg Opinion. The elites in society have the loudest megaphone when it comes to gun control, Senator Ted Cruz declared last month. They live in gated neighborhoods and have private security. This seemed like a claim worth investigating. So I did. 
And while I couldn't really figure out what the people who live there think about gun control, I did learn that gated communities, long a bugaboo for the political left, increasingly one for the right, aren't all they're cracked up to be. That is, they really were a growing phenomenon in the U.S. in the 1980s and 1990s. But according to Census Bureau data, the boom has fizzled since. Most homeowners in gated communities make less than $100,000 a year, and few of the nation's richest neighborhoods are enclosed by gates. I'm Justin Fox. For more opinion, please go to Bloomberg.com slash opinion or OPIN Go on the Bloomberg Terminal. This has been Bloomberg Opinion. And Bloomberg Opinion commentaries can be heard every weekday at this time, and Terminal customers can read more at OPIN Go. At 6.50 on Wall Street, we turn to news in science and technology now with the Bloomberg NJIT STEM report. It is brought to you by New Jersey Institute of Technology, ranked a top 50 national public university by U.S. News and World Report and number 14 in the nation on money's best colleges list. Learn more at njit.edu. And now here's what's making news in science, technology, engineering, and math. President Biden will take executive action to boost the U.S. solar industry. Bloomberg News has learned he'll invoke the Defense Production Act to provide support for American-made solar panels. The president will also announce a two-year halt to new solar tariffs. That would allow domestic developers to continue using foreign-made equipment while U.S. manufacturing ramps up. China has launched a new three-person mission to complete assembly work on its permanent orbiting space station. The launch was broadcast live on state television, indicating a rising level of confidence in the capabilities of the space program, which has been promoted as a sign of China's technological progress and global influence. A new analysis shows staff at major banks and some of the world's biggest technology giants are increasingly leaving for fintech startups. Bankers, engineers, data scientists, and sales staff from Wall Street, the City of London, and Silicon Valley are among those joining an exodus that picked up speed during the pandemic, according to data compiled by Revelio Labs, a workplace intelligence company. And that's the Bloomberg NJIT STEM report. Nathan. All right, Karen, thanks. We're live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios where it's coming up to 652 on Wall Street. Time now to check what's going on in the See, some of the top stories in our nation's capital include the Biden administration defending the president's efforts to fight inflation, even with gas prices edging close to $5 a gallon nationwide. Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg tells ABC's This Week it's up to the oil companies to increase supply. It's been very striking right now to see these oil companies uh, who have become almost ridiculously profitable. And you hear these oil executives on the record talking about how they're not going to increase production. Also making news, bipartisan Senate talks on gun legislation continuing. Pennsylvania Republican Pat Toomey is part of the conversations. We all agree that violent criminals and, and deranged, dangerously mentally ill people shouldn't have firearms. So we need a mechanism to increase the likelihood that we'll identify such a person and prevent them from buying a gun legally anyway. Senator Toomey was on CBS's Face the Nation. And the House January 6th committee is getting ready for primetime hearings this week. Democrat Adam Schiff hopes they make an impression on voters. The American people, I think, know a great deal already. There's a great deal they haven't seen. But perhaps most important is the public hasn't seen it uh, woven together, how one thing led to another, how one line of effort to overturn the election led to another and ultimately led to terrible violence. The first non-peaceful transfer of power in our history. 
Congressman Schiff was also on Face the Nation, which you can hear every Sunday right here on Bloomberg Radio, along with ABC's This Week. Bloomberg government reporter Emily Wilkins is with us now for more on all these stories. Emily, while we await those primetime hearings uh, from the January 6th committee, the focus in the Biden administration remains on tackling inflation. At least that's what we've been hearing over the last few weeks now. But there's some evidence of cracks in that united front from some reporting about a new book about Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen over the weekend. Tell us more. Yeah. Uh, so Bloomberg News reported that a new book coming out um, called Empathy Economics uh, by Owen Ullman. It's all about Janet Yellen. Um, but it says that she advocated for a smaller uh, rescue plan to for COVID. Remember, that was that $1.9 trillion package proposed by the uh, Biden administration just when Biden had gotten into office. And Democrats wound up passing that through. Um, at the time, it was really held for kind of getting the country, helping the country get back on its feet after COVID. But now it's being blamed in part for the rise in inflation and saying that that was overspending by the government. And this new book suggests that uh, Janet Yellen, as Treasury Secretary, did have some initial concerns about that high cost. Um, and now the, Janet Yellen has come out and actually said that, you know, that that wasn't accurate. Um, that, you know, she fully supported the, the plan. And we did see her at the time go ahead and support it. But we also do know that there were some concerns among uh, economists, uh, most notably Larry Summers, as to exactly the, the overall price of the package. Um, and so this just coming at a time where you've already heard Janet Yellen apologize last week, uh, saying that, you know, she initially thought that inflation would be more transitory than it was. And that, of course, uh, things like the war in Ukraine, uh, additional variants of COVID really wound up changing that calculation. Um, and she'll be in front of Congress this week also testifying. So definitely we'll be keeping an eye out there for how she handles questions on inflation. Uh, but right now, inflation is certainly, I, I think, of, of all the headaches that President Biden is dealing with, really one one of the top ones. Of course, another top headache is uh, this ongoing surge in gun violence that's led to this debate in the Senate over what to do about it. We had another round of uh, shootings over the weekend. Where does that debate stand right now, Emily? So this is going to be a really interesting week for that debate, Nathan, because this is kind of where the rubber meets the road. A lot of the discussions that were going on, particularly the bipartisan group headed by Chris Murphy and John Cornyn, a Democrat and a Republican, I mean, they've been meeting, but it's all been virtual. Now they're coming back to D.C. tonight. Um, they'll finally be in the same room again. They're going to continue to chat. And you hear a lot of optimism. I mean, Chris Murphy said the group, um, you know, is closer than ever before on a package of, of gun measures. Um, you've heard uh, think Pat Toomey in the clip that you played, you know, say that there are discussions underway and that they're close to any feels they've ever been before. But there's still huge questions whether they can actually come to an agreement and what that agreement would look like. I mean, Republicans say they don't want any sort of restrictions on, on gun control, um, that they want to focus on mental health and on school safety. And there really is a question, is that going to be enough for Democrats who really want to see some action on this after uh, several major mass shootings in the, in the past month. 
A lot to look forward to, a lot to keep an eye on as uh, Congress gets back from its uh, spring recess. Emily Wilkins of Bloomberg Government, as always, thanks for keeping us updated on what's happening in the nation's capital. You can read much more about all these stories on Bloomberg.com or on the Bloomberg Terminal. And as a reminder, you can follow all the latest on Bloomberg Radio in Washington at Bloomberg 99.1 and 105.7 FM HD2. Looking ahead to the market open, uh China rolling back some more of its COVID restrictions looks to be giving a boost to uh, equity investors. We got S&P futures right now up 44 points, a gain of 1.1%. Dow futures are higher by 263 points. And Nasdaq futures leading the gains right now up uh, 1.5%, up 187 points. Right now, the 10-year Treasury is down 430 seconds. The yield 2.94% on the benchmark 10-year note yield on the two-year 267 NYMEX crude is up a half percent or 63 cents at $119.50 a barrel. The euro right now 1.0726 against the dollar. Bloomberg Surveillance up next with Tom Keen, Jonathan Farrow, and Lisa Abramowitz. For Karen Moscow, I'm Nathan Hager. This is Bloomberg. It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get our way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. This is our podcast, and we're going to do it our way. Listen to Our Way on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.